what's more likely summer macintosh wins three or more events or summer macintosh wins zero events i'm going three or more i mean i think she's just like she's 16 yeah that's the thing it's like with 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 hellman it's like i made a video about his hundred fly and you know i've talked to him a couple times on instagram and it's like he could very realistically in two months go a half second faster in the hundred fly welcome to social kick i'm brian lundquist we got the full crew Dr. John Mullen, Luke Paddington, and my guy, fellow backwards hat wearer, Kyle Sockwell. What's up, dude? Just wearing a backwards hat. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) Backwards hat in a backwards world. People aren't going to know what what this version of Kyle Sockwell is with the window on the right. I'm telling you. Yeah, I know. Uh, And like I said, normally I can have it open, but then I tried it with my MacBook camera, which I'm running right now. Normally I'm on this whole iPhone 14 Pro. Um, And it was just completely blown out. It looked like a portal into another world. It's a whole upside down world. All right. So we got to know for, uh, I know that you're a still in the pool swimming, but what can you go in a 50 free right now? Ooh, uh, what, what kind of pool are we talking about? Sure. American yards. Yeah, yards. yards. Suited. Yeah. Suited off the blocks. I'm going to buy more time. <laughs> um, I think suited off the blocks right now. I'd be like 21. 21.6. All right. What do you think? What would you be most confident in swimming wise right now? 50 breasts? 100 breasts? What are you in shape for? <laughs> Going question. to the gym and doing some squats? What are we doing? Uh, no, I, I can't touch a weight rack. If I even look at a like a squat rack or someone squatting, my legs get bigger and then I just, they sink in the pool. So I, I, I benefited a guys. ton. Yeah, I benefited a ton from suits. So dudes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was lifting with like sprinters in college, which was never probably shouldn't have been doing that. And I just like all of my weight was in my bottom half, which uh-huh. for a 400 IMer is you're just dragging weight through the water. Like my legs would lock up towards the end. My arms were dying. But right now, if I had to pick something, I'd probably go short course, probably short course 200 IM. Ooh. Wow. Yeah. That's like a legit sprint too, and an event that I could never figure out. So good on you, sir. That might is. be a little blind confidence, but I've been <laughs> my fly has gotten so much better since I've started swimming again. I've been training a little bit with uh, this guy Josh Pernell, who <laughs> makes butterfly look like he's not even in the water. Um, and so I was watching that, and I was like, I need to figure out how to do that shit. And I think I'm starting to get there, but honestly, it's kind of like when you listen to yourself, like your voice for the first time, when you're swimming and doing something and then you watch it back, you're like, what the hell was I thinking? I thought I looked like Phelps and then I'm like, this is terrible. That's terrible. What's going on there? But fly's gotten a lot better. I actually like enjoy butterfly now when previously I was like the most terrifying thing on the planet for me. Don't be one of those 400 IM butterflyers who enters the water with their hand out like this, like to the side. I, I just hate that. Don't be that guy. Mostly, I wouldn't be on camera after the first hundred. And then you just see my fingertips starting to like come back into the screen on backstroke. I was a run them down IM or I wasn't a let's let's actually be in the race. And then it was interesting. Once I actually got to the point where I was racing people that were good at swimming, that didn't work anymore because I couldn't catch them on the other strokes. So yeah, butterfly was terrifying, but I don't know. I think it's getting better. I enjoy it. I do like butterfly pole with a buoy now and it's like, 
It's like my favorite thing, which is weird. If you told me that when I was 21, when I'm 28, I'll love doing butterfly pole with a buoy. I'd be like, dude, just, just stop swimming. I don't think I've even ever done that. See, it sounds like really hard, but then when you have legs like mine, which is a really weird, <laughs> really weird <laughs> sentence. Oh yeah, it's great. I'm just, I'm like this the whole time. I'm like, dude, if I could just do this, which I mean, it's basically like wearing a polyurethane suit, but there's like a little bit of drag and you can't kick, which I don't kick when I throw the buoy and I'm very, very adamant about non-buoy kickers. Me too. I hate when people kick with the buoy and even a little bit. Don't yeah, do it. You're getting flotation from the buoy. Yeah. Don't use your legs. Don't do that. I would always, I was the type of guy that would be like in, especially in club training, we'd do like a 400 pole or something because that's what we did back then. Just like eight of them in between like main sets. And we were like, yeah, this will work. Um, but I'd be like, this person should not be keeping up with me. And I'd like do like a peek under the water. And I'm like, I'm going to talk yeah. to you about this later. Don't use those legs. It's cheating. I just like that sometimes you use the opposite leg for like a rudder for stabilizing your pull. So you like, you stick your right foot out to grab better. And even yeah. that's cheating. Get it together. So this. Yeah. Challenge yourself a little bit, you know? Yeah. Make come yourself on, balance. Be, use your core. You should come from the core. That's right. Come yeah, on, Luke. Uh, At your age, you should know this. Luke has no core at this age. Come on now. And I'm worried about <laughs> Kyle doing fly with red paddles, a buoy, and tearing his oh, own no, labrum no, here, no, man. No, I'm worried no, about no that. <laughs> I actually don't use paddles at all. It's my shoulders. You just in. I mean, I'm 29 now recently. And I'll take a stroke every once in a while and hear something. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know if that was a normal click or if that was something that I'm going to feel in about 12 hours for the next week. It's, a, it's an interesting progression in life. Dude, so recently, uh, Luke, I'll steal your thunder a little bit on this but because you brought it up first, but you had posted something about how you're kind of landed on doing your dream job uh, here with all of the the presence that you have uh, in the swimming community. And um, I say community because one of the things that really stands out about the content you create is how I describe it as like your very voice of the people. Um, it, it comes across as your, um, you know, sort of like the person who's talking, but you're voicing the things that you hear from a lot of people in the sport. And you're a representative of like everybody who follows swimming and our fans. And, um, you know, I, I just wanted to compliment you on that because it's uh, you've you've kind of carved out this space of, um, you know, authenticity of representing, you know, opinions, not being scared to voice said opinions, like taking a strong stance, but also like celebrating cool stuff. And um, it's just awesome to see what you've continued to build. And uh, I'm excited to get to talk to you about kind of the backstory and how you've gone through building. Um you know, a following uh, as well as just like content creation that I, I love watching. I mean, I watch your, your videos. I think it's awesome, man. And so like, it. obviously we're not alone. There's a lot of people like that. We're big fans. And, um, so like, man, how can you just take us through the start? <laughs> like, how did you get into this? Yeah. So I haven't done a podcast in a minute. Um, and I, I was thinking about how I was going to answer this question because, the story gets longer every single time. And <laughs> sure. it always starts with, I started swimming when I was five years old. And my mom had to convince me to do a race. She had to convince me to do it with a pack of Pokemon cards, which who knows if I pulled an OG holographic Charizard out of that and made 1500 bucks off that 
25 freestyle. Who knows if that makes me a professional athlete at five years old, potentially the youngest professional athlete in swimming history on the podcast. You can title it that. Um, But I mean, we won't tell the ASU compliance department. Oh, I've had my, I've had my moments with them as well because this, (laughs) this whole thing started in college. I think it really started to like take off and take shape in college. But I was always the guy that like obsessed over splits and obsessed over data and was like, how can I take off 0.1 from my 50 backstroke and or my second 50 and my 400 IM? Because if I do that, it's kind of like if you've ever had a good day in like the stock market and you make mm-hmm. like, we'll say like you make a hundred bucks and you're like a hundred times 365. I, yeah. <laughs> if I just throw a zero on the end of this, I'm making a thousand dollars a day, 300. It, it makes everything seem like way easier than it is when you boil it down, which I think is a good thing and a bad thing. But I was the guy that would, delve a little bit too far into that stuff. And as a result of that, I think I just became like obsessed with the sport. So I'd look up other people's splits, like, you know, random people that were like kind of in my region and be like, how are they swimming this? And if it was a 200 IM, they were out a full second faster than me at the 50. And I was like, no, still can't do it. Terrified of butterfly. But I ended up actually kind of getting my start in the media space, uh, not on Twitter, but on Vine which was the, the looping six and a half second yeah, yeah. app back in the day. <clears throat> and I was just making like terrible, terrible. I'm glad it's not out there anymore. Just like bad content, like the most meme like low effort content you've ever seen in your life where I'm just like, what event do you want me to swim coach 200 fly? Oh man. Like that kind of stuff. Like just yeah, not yeah. good. But at that point in time, like no one was doing anything. Yeah. So it was like, people started to latch on to it. And I was like, this is starting to be a thing. And I had one video that went, it was kind of like the catalyst. It just started everything. And it was this, I think it was something with like fins. It's like when you put fins on at practice or something, we were like walking around with fins on and I put music behind it, which back then when you recorded it, you had to like have a, another phone to play <laughs> the music so that your mic could pick up the music and like <laughs> the audio. So you had to like, it's kind of a, a little bit of an abandonment of the true, you know, cinematography. And yeah. so I think for that one, I actually like <clears throat> set up my phone and like screen recorded with the audio playing behind it and then like trimmed it and uploaded it. And I was like, that was the first time where I was like, <laughs> yeah, I did that shit. That, that was a cool piece of content. <laughs> and I forgot about it and it took off. I mean, I, I ended up getting like a few million plays on it and was starting to really like crush it on vine right in my own you know small niche world of swimming i was crushing it and so i started putting out more content and then man i think i i don't really remember how many followers i had on there but vine blew up until twitter bought it and blew it up themselves um but (laughs) i actually got reached out to by a buddy of mine who i've been friends with since we met actually we didn't meet for the first two and a half years of knowing each other and started a company kind of like a social media company called swim with issues called I swim with issues but then we had to ax the I it was back when like every company like every bad company was throwing an I before it to try and like kind of pull in some of the I guess people that would Apple. search for Apple product like I don't know what the idea was there um, that's what we everybody does any... with environmental stuff right now it's e-, e something yeah exactly I mean we were just a part of that little trend and then we dropped the I and just went with swim with issues which is still a terrible brand name and just went <laughs> SWI. We were just like a couple of kids that had no idea what we were doing, but the business actually ended up doing very, very well. Um, well to the point where we got to exit and 
well to the or well enough that I walked out of practice one day and our athletic director was standing outside with our head coach and our head of compliance. And they were like, Kyle, I was like, this can't be good. <laughs> this, is either, yeah. this is either awesome or terrible. And they were on the phone with the guy from the NCAA. And I was like, mortified. I was like, oh my God. And there's a lot of stories about this type of stuff happening in that era. Um, another one, actually, if you are really into YouTube is uh, GM Golf. He started Good Good Golf. And they honestly are kind of the pioneers of like being a group of guys and like creating content in a sport. Uh, men or women. It doesn't have to just be guys. So right. I'm trying to work on that. Um, yeah. And they like were killing it. and then. It's like whenever you start to do something that's just cool enough, someone catches it and they're like, mm -mm, we got to uh -oh. cut that shit out. And so uh -huh. he had the same thing kind of happen where they were like, listen, you have to take your face and your name off of everything. And they let me still work on the company in the background, which is a wild thought that I, I saw that as a win. I was like, oh, oh, thank goodness I didn't have to abandon a company that I've literally built to the point where we were doing significant revenue right. and like creating fun content in the space. And I was like, what a win that the NCAA is letting me, letting me do this. How incredible. This is awesome. And so we deleted everything, went back into the archives and took me all the way off of it. And wow. then I started doing like some Twitter stuff, just like it was really kind of a different iteration of the terrible Vine content that I was making. It was just spamming you know like i guess there was i, I don't want to like discredit myself too much but looking at it now it was bad content it was just like kind of engagement farming like swimmers mm -hmm. only do this and i still do some of that stuff because people people do enjoy it <laughs> i kind of enjoy it sometimes when i see other people doing it now um but it, it started to gain more steam kind of off the back of vine yeah. And I still remember the time that I realized that this was like something that could be a real thing. And it was a little bit later at night um, on a weekend in college, which had a little probably too many of those in college. And I yeah, tweeted, what are, what, are, what, are we, what are we drinking on those nights? What's uh, it's probably Rolling Rock. We uh, actually <laughs> right. for a long time, I thought Rolling Rock was an Arizona beer. And it's I think it's from like Colorado or <laughs> Chicago or something. My buddy and I in college were so excited to bring this terrible beer back home to Austin. We drove a 30 rack of Rolling Rock <laughs> from Arizona to Austin, Texas, pulled it out. And we were like, y'all got to try this beer. And our buddy just goes, oh, that yeah, we that's from Colorado. And we were like, <laughs> we just drove this thing 15 hours in the trunk of my car. And this dude was like, what is wrong with you guys? We just spent 20 bucks on this driving yeah, across the country. <laughs> maybe less, but we, we had a few and we were playing like snapping. You know, it's like a beer die type game. Mm -hmm. And I tweeted uh, just, this is the whole tweet, two chains with like nine Zs. And I woke up in the morning and it had like, 140 favorites and like seven retweets and like three replies and i was like what i need to be careful <laughs> <laughs> um and then i was like you know what? maybe this could be a thing and i started like rolling with it and obviously i've gone through a bunch of different iterations of kind of who i want to be in the space which people always think sometimes when i mention that's like my friends they're like why are you like trying to change you know who you are i'm like you, you don't really understand I'm always the same to you because I know you and there's not 35 plus thousand people watching. When yeah. you turn a camera on, you're by yourself in a room or when you're sitting there thinking about what you want to put out on Twitter, you're kind of having this internal battle between 
what do I want to say? How do I say it so that I get the reaction, not necessarily the reaction, but the intended effect that I want to have from this content. And so you go through that little bit of a battle and it's a learning experience. And if you think it's tough on, you know, 180 characters, which now it's like 4,000 or something, it's way harder when you're alone in your room and you forgot to turn your fan on. So now you're sweating through half of your take and you're like, dude, I can't, can't post this. I'm dripping sweat right now. (laughs) And now you're like in the middle of a sentence and you're thinking, you're like, oh man, I'm dripping sweat. Then you forget what you were saying and then boom, you got to start over. But now, I mean, it's like, it's interesting because I feel like the content that I make is, I'm not like the smartest guy in swimming, which I actually thought about the other day. I was like, I hope I don't get too smart in swimming because I don't want to be the guy that's like, let me tell you everything about this sport. Let me tell you this. Let me tell you that. I want to be the guy that messes up sometimes. I want to be the guy that's like the guy that you would want to watch swimming with. And if I'm sitting here explaining, over explaining stuff to you over and over and over, yeah. then yeah, it's, it's like I turn into Bill Nye, the science guy. And I, I don't want to be that, um, which we're not saying that that's something that we shouldn't have in the sport. I just think mm-hmm. my side of it should, you know, be a little bit more leaning into the entertainment. And also selfishly, it means that I can just kind of be an idiot. Um, <laughs> But the the YouTube side of things has been, there's been some ups and downs, but it's it's definitely been a, a new iteration of who I am in this space. And I actually had the idea to do YouTube and actually like put my face on camera for a really long time and just never pulled the trigger on it because it's just a weird thing to put your face out there and say words and do this and do that until one of my buddies uh, who works in the video space I was like, I'm thinking about getting a, a camera. I'm going to get a camera and I'm going to do this. And he just goes, stop, set your iPhone up, point it at yeah. your face, film something and just shit uh-huh. it out on the internet. And I was yeah. like, all right. And then I did that yeah. with, um, I had posted like some videos from like a UT men's practice and it was actually like all performed really well, which is insane. YouTube was like, yeah, put that shit out there. And I was like, really? Just like a <laughs> cell phone video from the stands because Wyatt, the associate head coach there was like, mm-hmm. yo, we're going to suit up. Come here. I was like, all right. Um, posted that video. And for some reason, I was like, I'm going to tweet this. I have like a large following on Twitter. It's going to blow up. I thought it was going to get like 80,000 views, which is hilarious looking back at the content. I'm <laughs> grateful that it did not get 80,000 views. Um, and it got like 120 in the first day. And I, I had this like huge reality check where I was like, wow. Oh. This is going to be work. Um, and yeah, I mean, now here we are. Uh, I actually enjoy rewatching my content now, which is a fun thing. Um, and I actually really enjoy going back to watch my old videos because I'm like, wow, I've, I've actually learned how to do this skill. And it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Is this full time for you, Kyle? Is this, is this you wake up in the morning and this is your full time and in training? Uh, no, no. So wow, this is. This is pretty part-time. So I've, I've worked in marketing for a really long time, um, which <laughs> might make sense because I just market myself now in my own content. Um, but I've you know, started a company in college and got to do kind of like a micro chief marketing officer role. And then I actually worked with Flow Swimming at Flow Sports for a little while. Okay. Then ended up working out because swimming is very, very challenging um, in terms of structure i don't know if you watched my recent video but <laughs> it's mostly just me venting about because actually that part of swimming I'm, I'm really good at i understand the the streaming and the the issues and all of that stuff and getting people to watch and it's it's tough we're, we're in a really difficult spot some sports are starting to figure it out and i feel like we are so close it's crazy um but just can't quite get there but 
so yeah, I do a, a good amount of marketing stuff on the side. Um, and then trying to make this full time, but it's going to take a little bit. Do you have a hope dream? Do you have an idea of where you wanted to go? Or are you just seeing where the wave takes you? Yeah, uh, I have, I have an idea of where I would love to be. Um, I think it's, you know, kind of like posting that first YouTube video. I think it's yeah. a, a goal that's going to be, you know, if I do end up getting there, I think it could be really, really awesome for the sport. Um, but <laughs> You know, I think it could take 10 years. It could take 20. It could yeah. never happen. Um, it's it's an interesting thing. And the way that I like phrase this to my friends, they don't really understand the swimming space is like, you know, if I was a former NFL player and I was like, I, you know what, I'm going to try to do some content in the space and see if it sticks. There's there's a roadmap. You can kind of look at the guys that are doing it. Uh, what different channels they're in, how they talk about this, how they structure their show and potentially you're coming in with a pretty fat amount of capital from playing in the NFL as well. Um, and in swimming, there's, there's no roadmap. We've, you know, I think swim swam and swimming world have laid the groundwork for yeah. media starting to layer itself up in the sport, but we, we've never had like a guy that sits in his room and talks to a camera by himself. And so mm -hmm. I've made a ton of mistakes. I've said, I had, I think in one of my recent videos, I don't know what was wrong with me, but I've had some takes that have been like terrible. I've had, I think three total. The worst one was I randomly one day decided that the men's 200 iron world record was soft long course. And I got <laughs> flamed. <laughs> and I was like, I was like looking back. I'm like, what is wrong with me? It's, it's an incredible world record. I think I watched Michael Andrews 150 and I was yeah. like, dude, uh -huh. This guy's about to go 148. This thing's soft. <laughs> yeah. And um, so I've had some like bad takes and, and stuff like that, but there's really never been a, a roadmap for, you know, like a real like talk show in swimming that's like produced like a show. And obviously everybody wants to be Pat McAfee. Um, yeah. But that level of production and like that, that just feel of like, this is something. And this is what I, with, whenever I put out a piece of content, this is what I think about is I want this to feel like someone that is a diehard swim fan is watching what I'm doing right now. And they feel like I put in like a NBC amount of effort. You know, I just want effort to come through in the content, which is, mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of people in the space that do incredible jobs and have incredible opinions. I think we're just missing that sparkle. And everyone talks about like the Olympics and how awesome it is and this and that. And it's like, yeah, cause you got Mike Tirico up there. I would love to be Mike Tirico. That dude can stand there and talk to a camera and never fumble over his words once. But Incredible. that's why they pay him a ton of money. And He's so good. A, that's what a lot of people don't get about Rowdy and they don't get about, you know, all these commentators. It's like, sit there in a booth with a headset on with nine people in your head and let me know how you feel about five minutes later. It's, it's a lot of, you know, armchair people sitting at home doing this, <laughs> doing that. But, you know, I have an idea of where I'd, I'd like to go, but... To be honest, five years ago, I probably wouldn't have thought this is possible. So we'll we'll see what happens. Maybe maybe I'll start my own NBC. It'll be <laughs> SBC, Swimming Broadcasting Company. <laughs> and there's no reason why not. When you think about college football, the amount of college game day talk shows before and after, and, and the amount of shows every day talking about sports. I mean, there's space for that. I was gonna ask you of all your all your your learnings over the years. What do you think are the three things you lean on that have proven to be successful? I mean, a lot of, th a lot of times it's a crapshoot. Like, I, I saw this was going to do well, it didn't. But is it 
Is it quality? Is it needing funding? Is it the time you spend on it? Is it all about the creative and content and the message? Is it your delivery? What do you think you really lean in and you need to, to get really good at to be successful in what you do? Yeah, for sure. Um, so the editing side of things has been a huge asset. I'm a really good editor now um, and I can edit quickly. And so I've been doing a video every single day and I have one going out in 30 minutes. And it was a project that I decided was like, oh, I can release a video every day because I did it during NCAAs before YouTube decided that they hated me and wanted me to not not survive and all of this and that. <laughs> and those videos looking back, like I've had people DM me and be like, where are those videos? Like I loved watching those. And I'm like, they're gone. They're never coming back. But they weren't, they weren't good. There wasn't like a lot of effort put into them. It was a, I'm sitting here kind of talking about a race, giving a little bit of insight, but not trying to be like too over analytical. Because there are people that do that and they do a really good job and they're going to do a better job than me. Um, I, I'm, I learn every day from watching swimming and I'm like, like high elbow butterfly. Didn't know that was a thing. I didn't know that's how you swam until like two months ago. I think that's why I like butterfly now is because I was digging my arms all the way down to the bottom of the pool and swinging them back over the top. And I was like, this shit's hard. <laughs> and now I'm like more of a boat and kind of pulling myself through the water. But I would say, you know, the things that I really lean on are not feeling like I shouldn't talk about only the most important things. Um, swimming can get really clouded with like, I need to talk about everything. And we kind of have this idea that like, yeah, we should talk about everything. If this person's mad that I'm not talking about this, I should talk about it. I kind of abandoned that. And that's why like my channel and my Twitter and all this stuff, I wanted it to only be stuff that I would want to watch. If yeah. it's something that I feel like I'm making just because I should make something, then I shouldn't do it at all. And maybe I'll have like a second channel later in the day, not later in the day, later in <laughs> later in my career, uh, later in the day. Don't don't be looking for a second channel today. Um, but like later in my career, where I can post some stuff that's like a little bit more like diehard swimming friend or fan friendly, but not allowing myself to kind of get stuck in the. I want to make everybody happy. I want to make everyone, you know, have the piece of content that they really like and just leaning mm -hmm. on the, what content can I make that is going to have the biggest impact on, I always talk about bringing former swimmers back into the sport because we lose everybody. We do. When they graduate, it's a really hard sport as it is. So mm -hmm. I don't blame people for being like, I want to get the hell away from this. I'll be a baseball fan. But it's also yeah. like not really fun to be a swimming <clears throat> fan. Like it's, incredibly difficult for me to keep up with the sport without having like a, a stats guy that and luckily on Twitter now I have people DM me and tag me and stuff so I can kind of I have like my own team over there that's like keeping me in the know but yeah. it's so hard to track and yeah. it's because mm -hmm. we haven't had like outside of swim swam and, and swimming world we haven't had a space to go to for a really long time yeah. or really in the sports history that's like a sports center where you can flip it yeah. on and they'll tell you every single thing that you missed while you were asleep or at yeah. work. And so just leaning on only the stuff that I would want to watch, you know, not thinking too much about the performance necessarily, but thinking about how can I have, and my idea is, you know, I don't want a video to go viral. I want my obviously to be, be great because then the money thing would start to take care of itself because that <laughs> yeah. was a huge asset. It's just gas on the fire though. You got to have the fire first. But having 5,000 people that watch every single video of mine yeah. is yeah. way more important to me than having 500,000 people watch one video. So, <clears throat> yeah. 
I don't know, <laughs> long-winded, but no, I can talk about awesome. that for hours. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a, a lot of great insight and, you know, hitting a lot of segments. You know, I was wrote on Swimming Science or created Swimming Science way back when I've been around in kind of the, the media for a while. And it's intriguing to see how the sport is growing, like on the viewership side of like NBC and what else can be done there. But also what is starting to happen after ISL and how dual meets can even have more pizzazz and more interest. I know you were oh, yeah. you know, commentating that NC State and Texas meet and they put a lot more production value in that. Do you think that's the way to continue to grow the sport in the, in the live avenue or what else could be done there? So, oh man, I, I could talk about this for five hours if you let me. Um, How much time that dual meet was awesome. <laughs> uh, I got until I got a hard stop at like noon. We can keep going. Yeah. If you want. <laughs> uh, the uh, that dual meet was, man, it like it. Something I talk about a lot, and I've said it like nine times already. Um, is I hate it when people just say. It's just how swimming is. It's just how just how the sport is. I think it's bullshit. I think it's a cop out. And mm -hmm. that dual meet, being there, sitting because they had me like I don't know if you've ever been to the UT Natatorium, but they have yeah. like the upper section, and then right in between my hands is like a plateau, and then the lower yeah. section. Yeah, I was I right know. on that plateau in between the crowd, and it was so they had the pool all the way on one end, so the bleachers weren't full, but if you chopped it out, it was a it was a sold out crowd. And they actually mm -hmm. ran out of booze. One of my things is, you know, why don't we sell beer at yeah. some meets? Like we, we really like to not make money. <laughs> it's, it's the weirdest thing. Like we should Very be selling, gambling. we should be selling college swim caps. I would buy an Arizona state cap every day, but for some reason we're like, no, keep it, keep it for the, the team only. And maybe there's some other stuff going on there, but that meet definitely reignited my feeling of this is possible. Like if we did this and there were a ton of people that were there for the first time. And the thing that scared me was like, what if they come back? Yeah. What if they come back to our next meet where we swim a team that's not going to be as competitive. And it's like, we have three diving breaks. We have, you know, the thousand back to back. And then it's like, like, how do I know what yeah. I want to like when you go to a football game, it's not like, obviously they'll play teams that aren't as good, but like you go to a UT football game, Place is packed. It's booming, and mm -hmm. you kind of get the same thing no matter what, even if it's a blowout. Productions with that. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, actually, leading into that, um, I had been talking to Mitch <laughs> Dalton and Wyatt Collins. So both associate, I think both associate head coaches, or I don't know, um, yeah. both good friends of mine, and they were talking about the meet for a while and kind of asking me about it, and I was like let's go like i've been waiting for someone to ask me about like what to do here for a long time i was like go all out and they told me about the event lineup switch and i was like oh my god that's incredible <laughs> yeah i was like you're gonna you're not gonna do the that so they actually swam before the meet they let people um, swim events if they wanted to swim the mile and they had people time trialing both teams were there it was actually kind of cool because both teams were cheering for the people that were swimming the mile Whoever it was didn't matter. And then hmm. when the meet started, they were rivals. And it's it's great. And people, we love being, I love sportsmanship. We love being the best sports. But we abandon our competitive nature and kind of tuck it down for some reason as a result of that. And it was great to see that we have the ability to be like, we want this person to swim fast because they're right here. And this is kind of the portion of the meet where the diehard swimming fan, there are people in the stands like, I want to go watch the mile. UT's got great milers. NC State has great milers. I think they went one, two last year. Mm -hmm. And 
they had that and then they differentiated and kind of separated that to this awesome dual meet that was action-packed had a hype man throwing t-shirts into the crowd there were points at which i couldn't hear my own thoughts in my headset i had people texting me telling me that we weren't live on audio which wasn't my fault um but i mean it was so loud in that environment i was like this this is possible um and is that the best way to do it? I think it's kind of a, we're treating a symptom and not necessarily the the whole problem. You know, a lot of people talk about like, why on earth do we even have dual meets? I think it's just a lot of filler. Um, but I mean, that kind of proved that we can turn this into something that is revenue generating, which people are like, swimming's never going to be football. And I'm like, I know it's not. But if a company's bleeding $2 million a year, and you present a plan to make it only bleed 500,000 people are like interesting there could be some momentum here we could start to figure this out and mm -hmm. yeah i mean we've always just kind of been in that spot and it's always the same response this is just how it is and texas proved that that's not true yeah it's we were at women's and men's end season women's end season side was so rocking there was a live dj who was really internet the, the, the women were dancing it's mm -hmm. on the blocks it was so Exciting. <clears throat> but then the men's NCs didn't have the music. The women's NCs were in Knoxville. And you had no idea that inside this building were the world's greatest athletes, like USA's best chances of Olympic glory were in this building. And there was like, not, like a small little sign, you know, like no advertising. Or um, <clears throat> another issue we have is, um, Brian, you talked about this, at the World Cups. We had no idea what thing had to go to win the overall World Cup champion from Dylan. We had no idea what time he had to do. Like, we had to figure it out. And I think Sunny from Suzuki is the one who actually figured it out after all. So there's so much more we can go because that's fan engagement. That's fans feeling they're part of something and getting into it. Stats are important. The commentary, the, the, the being part of it's important. And I, honestly, it comes down to people like, what are you doing, Kyle? The voice of the people to sort of like, represent but also um you know the color commentators commentators that's really important as well beyond and yeah kudos to what rowdy's doing man people bash him but what he does to the squad the energy he brings imagine a world about rowdy it's you know it's crazy yeah i one of my <clears throat> least favorite things is when people comment on my videos and they're like we need kyle to replace rowdy and i'm like put me next to him let me sit next yeah. to rowdy and let me yeah. let us interact and yeah. all of a sudden you're gonna see I think, you know, having a good, and I, so I'm a play-by-play -play guy, typically, which doing play-by-play -play in swimming as a guy that can do analysis as well. I've done it with Josh Davis at Big 12s. And, yes. oh my God, it was it was amazing. Because I would do my play-by-play -play role and then sit back as an analyst, which at the NFL level and UFC, yeah. you have like three analysts sitting there and a play-by-play -play guy that can also do analysis. And swimming typically, and I don't want to bash any play-by-play -play guys that don't understand swimming because... We talked about it at length. Swimming is really hard to understand. It it changes the dynamic to have two guys sitting there that can have a conversation about what's yeah. happening in the pool as opposed to just looking at the pool and reading stats off the screen and trying to be excited. Um, That's true. People, yeah, people give Rowdy a lot of hate. And I'm telling you, sit in his shoes, put that headset on, and especially realize that he is trying to go back and forth brain wise between talking to a hundred million people at the Olympics 
that don't understand swimming. And then also at a tier pro series talking to, I don't know what the numbers would be like yeah. 5,000 to 8,000 swimming fans. And people are like, why does Rowdy talk to us? Like we don't know what we're watching. It's because that, that should be like a compliment. It's like an MMA. They talk about mm -hmm. casuals. Like you're a casual. Cool. Call people a casual and realize that in the MMA, if Joe Rogan or, you know, a lot of these guys talked as if they were in, you know, training camp, fans would just be like, what is going on? And they <laughs> do like give a little bit of analysis that makes you feel like you're learning. But there's a fine line between making someone feel like they're learning and making someone feel like they're a complete idiot. And make them want to be like, I don't know what's going on here. Change the channel, right? Yeah. But yeah, I I love looking at the sport right now and knowing that we have a chance, yeah. right? Um, track, I talk about a lot. Track is absolutely killing it as a, mm -hmm. as a whole. The momentum behind that sport is crazy. And the their ability to build personalities and put on events and, and stuff like that is, is huge. Um, but I do kind of want to, I was considering making this a video, but I'll just drop it on here. I found a little, little thing, a little interesting thing in terms of NCAA swimming's popularity and something that could potentially be holding it back. If you're watching this, if this gets clipped, go on to Instagram or go on to Twitter and look up NCAA track and field. And then once you look at how awesome all their content is, how many followers they have, their engagement, Go ahead and look up NCAA swimming. There's nothing there. There's literally nothing there. There's no NCAA swimming Instagram. There's no NCAA swimming tracking or Twitter. There's nothing. There's no content. There's literally nothing there. Wow. And so it's like we're we're working as hard as we can. I don't understand the discrepancy there. And maybe there's something going on. Maybe they're running away from something. But like how how on earth did this happen like did they hire a guy for track and field and he just they were like could you actually do this and he was like yeah i could do that but at the same time look up volleyball look up wrestling look up all these other sports and it's really confusing to look at this and be like the ncaa has one post on instagram about swimming on their actual ncaa swimming account on twitter i think they have a, a couple of retweets and that's it they just kind of backed out and faded into the the background and it's just like there's a part of swimming that is the community's fault. We, we have some things that we need to change and we need to be okay with progress. And there's other things where we're not set up for success and we got to figure out how to change them. So we got, we've got some problems. I think we're starting to iron them out. And I really think that the main thing is just the more eyeballs that we can keep yeah. on the sport and keep in the sport, the more people are going to care and the more priority we're going to become. So it's not like a flip this switch and we're good to go. Um, it's a, you know, why should people care? Why should people want to put money into it? Why should people, you know, want to up the production like Texas did at a dual meet? And I don't know. I think we'll get there, but I'm a little biased because it would help me out. <laughs> I, I was at Atlanta in, I don't know, April, and they had a track meet right open to the public free where they built this temporary elevated track in Centennial Park with the world's best athletes and live commentary and, and, and screens, just two lanes, or no, it was four lanes. And it was in the middle of the city and people walking by, what's that? Oh, there's no Lyles. You know, there's, it was insane. And it was, and obviously we can't put a pool in the middle of the city and, and, and the track athletes can be seen, but there are ways to 
to cross that divide better to the public. And swimming has tried. I mean, it was in 97 that we had our first temporary pool built in a hockey arena for World's Short mm-hmm. Course in Brook, Sweden. That's the first time we had done that concept. And now, you know, we do this pretty often now, we build a pool up. Uh, and we're trying it with Indy next year at the Colt Stadium. But is that is that going to work? Uh, is, it, is it too far away from the pool that you'd be like, I think that is, I don't know who that is. Like, do you need binoculars to watch swimming? Is that going to work? Yeah. Well, my, <laughs> my, my bone to pick on that is, yeah, you can see it if you've got a spare two grand. Oh. Yeah. See, it's a good <laughs> Yeah. I, I made a full video about this. Um and I mean, I know guys over at USA Swimming, and I think they have a really difficult job because if you think about any other sport, you've got the PGA Tour and you've got the USGA. You've got, you know, pretty much the USA Swimming of Tennis and you've got the ATP. And we tried to get the ISL, which then like you could have or I don't know, make it a domestic only league, the Professional Swimming yeah. Association or something. And then you can be like, hey, USA Swimming, can you kind of like establish the rule set here? We'll work together. And now we have USA Swimming having to kind of like hold the sport up. And like if you think about golf, like you have the US Open, you have the Masters, you have all these events, and they're like these huge majors. All we have in swimming is majors. We don't have anything else. We just have US Open, Nationals, Olympic trials, and they're actually even more spaced out than golf. We don't have those every year. We have one a year. And yeah. The, the Olympic trials thing is it's tough because I want the sport to grow and hopefully it's a really cool thing and it sells out and it's awesome, but it's really hard to sit here and not be disappointed to have opened Ticketmaster and then knowing that it would be a probably a good business decision for me to be there and maybe yeah. I still will be there, but I do feel like it would be hypocritical of me to be like, wow, this is crazy. These are expensive. See, I'll, I'll be there though. You know, like I'm, I'm going to pay the price. It's, yeah. you know, I was going into this. I was like, I'm going to take a van out there with like eight of my closest friends up to Indy buy a suite because it'll literally be a good business decision for me to be like on the ground level and kind of get to be like a face that's in the, the crowd and like talk to people and stuff like that. And then I opened it up and I was like, I don't know if I'll ever be able to afford this. I don't know if I'll ever be able to sit there on like yeah. the, and it's my Super Bowl, right? It's like my um, yeah. floor seats at an NBA game. And we do only get one, which makes it, you know, a little more difficult. But at the same time, yeah, I I don't really know. I don't, I don't think anyone will know until it happens. Um, but it's a, it's a risk. I don't think anyone is looking at this and thinking, it's a sure thing that this is going to be a huge success. I really, really hope it is because we only get one of these every four years and it's a massive event. Um, but I mean, the production at U.S. Nationals this year was really good. Um, I think it kind of got overlooked a little bit how good of a job USA Swimming actually did making mm-hmm. world championship trials feel like, honestly, an Olympic trials of the past. And people were just watching it and they were consuming it. And I'm not saying fans need to like sing the praises of USA Swimming anytime they do anything good. Um, mm-hmm. But the giant LED board in the back and, you know, just the way the pool was laid out and the production, all of it made it feel like you should be interested. And that's really the game, right? Is make me feel like I should care. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be tough. It doesn't come down to me to scale. Or to, I've been to two Olympics to watch swimming, Rio and Sydney. 
Mm-hmm. And at Sydney, it was the largest crowd at the time, 20,000 people. And there was nothing like being in the fa- in the stands when Thorpe got up and went 314 at 400 free. It was deafening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my brother was swimming and he said he forgot that he was swimming because he was so overwhelmed by the, the magic of the place. Rio Olympic Games, similar. Um, uh, a temporary stands in the pool. And when Thiago Pierre got up there and led the charge in at 200 IM, it was Thiago, Thiago. I remember that, yeah. As though you were at a basketball. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to not just the skill, but it's the fan and the engagement and the passion. Well, I think it's, it, it matters. Which is actually, it's a good point because we had that at the Texas NC State dual meet. Uh-oh. It felt like Texas had home field advantage, which you typically, like NC State does actually a really good job of that. They've got their really small arena that's loud because I think it's mm-hmm. like made out of wood and concrete. So it's just like everything's bouncing off all over the place. You can have 20 people in there. It sounds like a thousand. Mm-hmm. But the the dynamic of it was really interesting because you had, they were alternating men's and women's heats. It was one heat. So you'd have the women do, we'll say the 200 freestyle and Kelly Pash would win. And then the crowd would be going nuts. And then you've got Luke Hobson and PJ Larson standing back there, like hearing the crowd going crazy. And then the Mm -hmm. NC state guys are like, wow, like this place is rocking UT's here. And then you'd have a, I don't know, Casper when the hundred backstroke place dead quiet. So it was this dynamic between like NC sure. State's job was to shut them up. Texas's job was to get them loud. And so it was the only thing that I would say. And so actually I swam in one of the bigger dual meets in NCAA swimming history. It was actually sick leading up to it. And so Bob actually was like, listen, I know you've been struggling with whatever you have going on. I like couldn't breathe really. My throat was like closing up. It was weird. Something felt like a, a long-term allergic reaction. Um, but I, he was like, just do the 400 IM. And I was like, all right, I'll do the 400 IM. It was a U of A dual meet. We had felt swimming in the breaks. We were walking around campus with flyers that we had made, handing them out to students. The place was packed, but it was packed for Phelps. And we were secondary to that. They were like, I can't wait till this section is over so I can watch that guy do swimming stuff in the pool because he's really good at it. And it's mm-hmm. true. And I honestly was watching him swim as well. So I was like, <laughs> that guy's really good at this. Um, but it was secondary. In this instance at UT, it was that was the only thing. It's the only thing that those fans cared about outside of if they were going to be able to get to their next beer uh, because they sold them out. Um, that That fan engagement when what they're watching and it's like, yeah, with the Thiago Pereira and um, what's another good example of like a crowd going crazy. I mean, it was like Phelps and Lochte at, you know, Olympic trials. Um, I think coming back to the original question of will Olympic trials work in 2024, it's a big task, big task to make sure that that stadium is full because it would be like, as if the Super Bowl was half full. And if you're at home watching that and the Super Bowl is half full, you're like, why should I care? If people aren't willing to go there, why why should I care about this at all? So it's interesting. Hopefully my YouTube channel can help. (laughs) (laughs) For sure it will. Well, let's talk about the next big thing that's coming up in swimming at Worlds. Um, Let's start it off. I got a a few hypotheticals here for you to let you pick uh, in a segment maybe we'll call what's more likely. So you pick between these two choices. I got five of them for you. Oh, maybe we'll go four. What's more likely? Katie Ledecky goes a best time or Lily King goes a best time? 
Ooh, that's a good one because they're actually both swimming really well right now. No, no. Um, oh, I hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think, oh man, <laughs> Lily has three. They both have three opportunities too, right? No. Katie has more than three. No, Katie, Katie pulled four, out the right? two free. Oh, that's right. So only so she could lay off a relay, but yeah. But wait, she's um, got the four, eight, and fifteen, right? She does. Four is going to be tough, um, but she did go three fifty-eight, eight hundred, tall task, mile even taller task. I, I'm going to go Lily just because Katie's best times are so. She, uh, man, we give her so much credit, but I still feel like it's not enough. It's a weird internal battle. It's like. Mm-hmm. when a casual fan turns it on, they see Ledecky winning by a ton and then she doesn't break a world record. The context in that situation, it's like when people were talking about Katie Ledecky's NCAA <laughs> records and the 500,000 and mile during the whole situation that happened and using those, I was like, you can't weaponize those NCAA records. Those records are such an anomaly. It's insane. And like, you, mm-hmm. you can't really understand it. Imagine if we watched men's, 500 freestyle and the time that one was a what would it be 414 that's what it's like <laughs> because i think 433 won this past year yeah that would literally yeah. be like someone winning men's ncaa's and going 414 yeah. it's like that's and it's that's how good she is or it would be yeah. like the men's ncaa 500 freestyle record being a 357 <laughs> and then you've got guys going 406 and you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no. Reality check. These guys are incredible. Katie Ledecky is just like from another mm-hmm. planet. So I'm going to mm-hmm. go with Lily just because I think Katie's made it really hard for herself in a, in a great way. Yeah, agree with that. Okay, what's more likely? Summer Macintosh wins three or more events or Summer Macintosh wins zero events? Oh. I'm going three or more. I mean, I think she's just like, she's 16. Yeah. That's the thing. It's like, it's like with, with, no, with no. Hellman. It's like, I made a video about his hundred fly and, you know, I've talked to him a couple of times on Instagram and it's like, he could very realistically in two months go a half second faster in the hundred fly. He's 16 and it's the same situation. And I know that they develop differently. Um, but Summer has got that that thing. And if you watch the sport and watch her, you know, like she does not care about she appreciates the pressure, but she also just doesn't give a shit. She's like, yeah, I'm going to step up on this block and gamer. Good luck, dude. Yeah. When you have someone that's as talented as her and is also just not affected by that, that's when you get like, uh, I don't want to do too many comparisons, but it's like, that's what Phelps was. He stepped up there and he was like, I'm really good, but I'm also really good up here. When that whistle goes, you can be awesome leading up until that whistle blows and you get up on the blocks. And then there's just a different level of, of person. So I, I think I got to go with her, her taking all the dubs. I like it. I'd love to see it too. All right. What's more likely the men's hundred free world record gets broken or the men's two breast gets broken. Hmm. Leon's probably not swimming too breast. Do we think not? I don't think so. I don't they're know they're playing. Important. They're playing a game with us. <laughs> just like yeah. we're gonna Always. we're gonna keep them entered. <laughs> we're gonna keep them <laughs> in here. I'm like, is he gonna swim it though? Um, if he does, 
I think you get him in ZSC, Zach Stubblety Cook. That's what yeah. I call him mm-hmm. because it's, you know, why not acronyms? Too hard. Um, <laughs> I, these, are, these are good. I'm going to go with Man's 100 free. Um, I just think it's it's a similar situation to Summer in that you've got a guy that has talked and he's incredibly well-spoken for 18. It's hilarious to think that like me doing an interview and talking the way that he talks, he's got like that special thing where he Mm -hmm. sounds like a philosopher giving an interview. And you're like, what, how old are you? He's like, ah, 16. You're like, okay. (laughs) I give an interview right now. I'd be like, ah, different kind of interesting. And I'd be like, yeah, exactly. Got to know your role. Right. Uh, But he's got that same thing that summer has where that dude loves to race. Loves yeah. to race and actually a video that goes live in two minutes on my channel has that dude's face on the the aggressively please click this thumbnail that I put out. Um, <laughs> and I talk about how he's kind of changing the way we swim the 100 freestyle. I don't want to say he's the one doing it because Chalmers has done it as well. And yeah. Pan has actually done the same thing. But we it's weird that we, it feels like we neglected the second 50 for a long time. And then all of a sudden, people started going, you know what? Maybe going out 22.5 instead of 22.0 will mean that I can come back seven tenths faster. And then everyone was like, yeah, you're right. Because if you look at, I actually put a swimming stats. So it's kind of like the whole video is tied into this one Instagram post that swimming stats put out where it was like the fastest second 50s of all time. And if you look at it, almost all of them are from like the last two years, two, three years. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it feels like we were like, and five of them are David Popovich. So <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely really good at it, but you have like one of them's Phelps though. One yeah. of them's Phelps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That 47, five that he did doesn't give get enough credit. No, it doesn't. Like when you yeah. think about it, it's like this dude won the 400 IM and went 403. And then yep. it's like, he went 47, five leading off the relay. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think he's kind of rewiring and, and changing the way that we think about the hundred freestyle in that second fifty. So I think if I think he's he's probably gonna do it. I just think he's going to. I just want him to come back twenty three nine. I just, <laughs> selfishly, I he's been four twenty four oh. When you think about someone flipping to their feet and pushing off and going twenty three nine after doing uh-huh. something else, uh-huh. very weird. Twenty four oh sounds like for some reason it's like that's fast. Twenty three nine is like. I remember watching this guy that got recruited to swim at UT when he was 18, go 23-7 in a 50 free. And I thought it was the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life in a 50. The guy that was going to UT he was like 6'6". Six, six. Uh-huh. Someone's pushing that after doing uh-huh. a 50. So yeah, I got I got popped doing something crazy. That's insanity. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, brings it brings him back to days uh doing pace fifties going twenty fours and the thought of uh pushing twenty-three highs was not <laughs> whenever yeah. we were doing back in back in fifty work, the twenty-fours were good, you know, yeah. like twenty-four mids were really good. Twenty-three high was uh almost untouchable. All right, we'll go last one here. Maybe two of the most hyped events uh or most anticipated events at the worlds. We got the women's two back and the men's four IM. What's more likely? that the winner of the women's two back goes 201 or the let's just say it, Leon goes 402. Uh, I got <clears throat> Leon going 402. Um, yeah. People people have been talking. I think we kind of blew things out of proportion with the whole 359 conversation, but I also don't think it was like, I don't think you can blame us. I mean, yeah. this dude did some insane things at NCAA. It's obviously, mm-hmm. he's an incredible underwater kicker, and that's kind of what he did there. He put on an underwater clinic. And his body line is unbelievable. Like if you watch him swim underwater, it's just like there's no drag. He's literally a boat. 
and he's mm-hmm. got propellers here and propellers for feet, but he can do the propulsion without sacrificing literally like any drag, which is how he mm-hmm. can sprint for so long and we'll step up there with that confidence and be like, I'm going to go out one or what was it? 44 Oh, or 45 Oh, and I am and like break Rowdy's brain. That was honestly my favorite Rowdy Gaines quote was like, I think he said 44 Oh, is that right? <laughs> which is kind of how everyone was feeling. We were like, yeah. is the clock wrong? Is the pool short? And so the predictions of, and maybe he won't break the world record. I want to put that out there. If he doesn't, if he goes 404, I think we, we really get wrapped into these huge expectations, which are fine. You can have huge expectations, but you have to keep the perspective, right? 404 is still like, what just happened? 4038 is an incredible swim. Lochte went 405. We've had a, a bunch of 406s, but like a 404 is still a, a historic swim. But at the same time, he was four tenths off that world record. Yeah. And I really think that he has gotten even better, which is crazy. Um, I, I just don't see 402 being that crazy, though. His backstroke has gotten really good. And not that it wasn't good, but watching him go 28-6, split 28-6 in his 200 IM at French Nationals, not shaved, not really tapered. I mean, if he can be... Granted, Phelps did come home 56 in that 400 IM when he went 4038, which is nuts, which made me want to see him do a 400 freestyle just one time. Yeah. <laughs> 142 and closed in 56. I mean, I think he could have done something special there. I don't think anyone's going to disagree with that. Um, I just think he's one of the best swimmers we've ever seen, undoubtedly, and just did some things that still hurt my brain to think about from a times perspective, thinking about the times that I went and like the 400 IM. <laughs> In college, I, I think we could see him go 4028, 4029. But if he goes 40383, it's still one of the best swims in history. And he mm-hmm. just broke a world record that I don't think anyone on this podcast thought yeah. was really going to be in the realm of possibility for like 10 to 15 years. Agreed. So I'm excited. Not, not the easy 200 IM world record. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, I think that one goes. I've had a I've had a come to Jesus moment on that one. It's uh it's a very fast world record set by a guy that I think still doesn't get enough credit for how fast he was in a textile suit. It's a textile world record right there in a jammer. Starting to understand, starting to understand how fast that world record is. But also every time I watch that Michael Andrew 150, I think that's one of the greatest swims in history. Honestly, it's a weird take. That 150 is unbelievable. The dude was like one. What was he at the 150 in that? He closed in so fast. 30 yeah. points. So he was 124. And now he's not doing the two IM. Oh, I know. Right? Uh, like, then you'll hold another route. But yeah. <laughs> Train, just do some distance training one time and then taper for a two IM and swim it the same way. Just I just want to see, just see what can happen. Ugh. This close, this close. Man. I used out like 23, 23.8, I think. Split 32. He's committed to the strategy. Committed. Oh, I, I have to appreciate his commitment it. to the strategy, but yeah, not to the event. So now he's jumped. I don't. I just his two IM was so so close. Oh, it's it's one of those things where you're like, as a swimming fan and you know someone that really knows the sport, you see that 150 split as a casual fan, and you're like, oh, this guy's going fast. I see that, and I'm like doing math in my head. It's like a Leon swim at NCAA's. There were a couple moments where I was like, I don't know how to do this math. I don't know what I don't know what this yeah. means. When he was out forty four yeah. in the two IM, I was like, "Yeah, that was nuts." Ah, uh, twenty seven yeah. flat plus. 
I mean, 25, 26 coming home. He could come home as fast as me and he'd still break the NCAA record. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, uh, I don't know. I don't know. That, I, actually, actually, all that got clouded. All that got clouded in my brain when I watched the last 25 meters of that swim. And I go, I know what that pain feels like. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did it in a 100 breast long course not that long ago. I was, <laughs> oh, man. I, I did a 100 breast long course. It's on my channel if anyone wants to watch it, where I told myself, and I had been training with Josh, and he was like, What do you think you're going to go out in the first 50? And I was like, I just want to be out 3199 because I had no idea where I was at. I knew I had gotten better at breaststroke, but. I was also like not really training all that well, all that consistently and just threw on a Mizuno, which those things are crazy, by the way. So we didn't good. have those. Have you guys worn the new suits? No, not the new ones, but the, I've worn the Mizunos like in my era and they were still really good. Like you had to get your hands on them and it's just a jammer. And I'm like, what is the so special? Taping? Yeah. So these, like a lot of the guys that are swimming right now and the, yeah. a lot of the Texas guys that had graduated, I was like, yeah, I wore tech suits. And they were like, no, you didn't. You didn't wear the ones that streamline for you and force you into a body position that's going to make you faster. And then you kick right. and all of a sudden your legs spring back up. Right. Like, whatever. And I put that thing on and I, I was like walking like this because it was like doing it for me. It felt like a uh, robot. Um, so that's better than Luke's paper suit that he still rocks? Size <laughs> <laughs> 26, baby. <laughs> they're Rip out the strings. Out. Throw them away. Two companies are them. figuring out how to kind of sneak their way back into technology definitely playing a part in how fast you can swim and that taping yeah. is definitely a part of it yeah. where like not even the fact that it kind of kicks for you and might make you kick harder mm -hmm. it's kind of like the the breaststroke video that i made it's it's not necessarily like a propulsion thing it's not necessarily mm -hmm. a it's going to make you kick harder thing it's a that's going to decrease a little bit of effort that you have to put out especially that's on right. like that first 50 where you're just right. excited and kicking and the suit's kind of doing it for you. And then all of a sudden now you can close faster, but I did not close faster. I actually, during that race thought to myself, I don't know how I'm going to get over there. I was like, <laughs> go to your legs. My pull, my last couple, couple pulls were like this, literally like this. <laughs> I was like, I was doing way too much like on the spot analysis and like game plan reconstruction during the last 10 meters. I was like, shorten the pole. And I tried a short pull and I was like, shorten it more. Hold that stream line. Hold the line, Kyle. Hold the under line. the flags, I think I took like four strokes. And I, still, I still went one away, but I was out 30 point. And it was a very efforted 30 point, but that was the game plan. And Josh was like, wow, hey, 30 point, not bad. And I was like, <laughs> All right. Um, Thanks, but I, I took like three strokes under the flags and looked up at the wall and was like, one more, one more and you bury your head and you float, you idiot. Until <laughs> <I just> like, <laughs> I hit the wall and just like looked up and was like, and actually a kid in the race. And it was actually the first time I had gone to a meet and like had people be like, kind of like wait, trying to talk to me and like walk around with me. And I was like, this is kind of cool. But the funny part is I talked to this kid before the race and he came up to me afterwards and I think he was just trying to like make conversation and it's like the perfect example of like being a kid and just saying stuff and being like, hey, by the way, I, I saw like every single stroke on the second 50 I was catching you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> he was like, yeah, I was, you were getting closer to me every single time I took a stroke and it was just a thing that he noticed and like wanted to tell me and I was like, thanks pal yeah ouch dude <laughs> ouch very ouch 
Oh man, that sounds not fun. So uh, keep keep doing those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to uh, I need to do a little bit of uh, extra training, maybe more than a twenty five. <laughs> All that talk about the hunter free back end work. That's what you go to channel. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We got some rapid fire, and then we'll let you go, dude. Let's do it. What's the hardest race in swimming? Four hundred iron long course. Olympic gold or world record? <sighs> world record. If you had to pick, what would the world record be? Oh, my brain goes to the 400 freestyle relay um, just because I love that race so much. Um, oh. But then I'm like, I don't really want to share it with people. <laughs> I go 4 a.m. Right, that's a good question. Can I pick what spot I'm in? Yeah, I go 4 a.m. I'm a little biased on these, I think. Basically, I'm just uh, saying that I really want to have the 400 a.m. world record. <laughs> First one under <laughs> under four minutes. I like it. Let's save it for you. I'll probably come back. <laughs> Please. Wait, in the pool? Leon, wait. Do you pee in, in the pool? pool? Depends. Mm-hmm. On what? Proximity <laughs> to the other people. <laughs> More likely or less likely near people? <laughs> uh, near. It's a weapon. It's not. It's not something that I do like for fun. It's more of like a self defense mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way it is for everybody, right? Okay. Uh, will now that now that the U.S. has really prioritized fifties, will the U.S. win a medal in the men's fifty fly at Worlds? Great question. Um, Shane's swimming it, right? Shane and Dare. I think so. That's yeah. a tough event. A really tough event. I think I think we might sneak in and grab a bronze, but you got Chacon in there, who I think is he's an incredible fifty flyer. I mean, it's not really like a secret. Um, yep. I, I'm excited to actually watch him swim that race. I like watching Thomas swim. Dude's got a yeah. great hundred three, great hundred back, great fifty back. He's like a he's a really interesting swimmer to watch swim. Yeah, so. interesting combo and great mustache too. Let's not forget oh. that. Um, tech suits in season, a good thing here to stay. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to see made a video about this one. And this is actually one of my takes that got ripped apart before I said we shouldn't have training trips or something like that. And then I walked that one back a little bit. People did not like that one. (laughs) They were mad that I said that. And I was like, all right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Maybe. Um, I think tech suits in season are a huge win. Um, I, brought up the point that I think we're the only sport that intentionally sabotages our own performance, um, which is, you know, in track, you can't, there's way less drag. So like, you're not wearing like a super suit all the time, but mm-hmm. you're running fast all season. So you get highlights all yeah. season. Leon <clears throat> kind of doing that in season. And I mean, I'm not saying you can't swim fast in a practice suit, um, but there's a good majority of people that are going to get benefit from a tech suit. So the power five, I think have kind of a responsibility. It might be a strong word to kind of set the tone and the schools that can't afford it to say, we're going to swim in these tech suits all year long. And that means arena speedo tier, whoever's putting these suits on us, you're going to get more exposure. Eventually maybe we can produce dual meets. And then all of a sudden we got more eyeballs. And then all of a sudden your dual meet performances and wearing fresh tech suits and wearing cool suits start to become an asset for those companies. Then all of a sudden, Ooh, starts to snowball. And then people are getting free suits. Teams aren't having a budget for it you know, kind of like a football or a baseball or a basketball, you yeah. know, something like that. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. What, what's the best swim you ever saw live? Best swim I ever saw live. Whew, great question. I think this is going to be a weird answer. Uh, when I was like 14, there was this guy, Gray Umbach. He was like 
the guy growing up in Texas. He was a stud. He went to Stanford. I think he's probably doing something incredible with like an engineering degree. I saw him go like 147 in the 200 freestyle when he was like 13 or something. And I was like, that guy's <laughs> going to be the world record holder in every event in five years. <laughs> and he ended up being an incredible swimmer, but it was like, I, I remember being like shocked. And, awesome. I mean, super nice guy too. That was, that was probably from my perspective at that age, which might be a little bit of a weird answer. It's probably like the coolest thing remembering, you know, watching that the coolest thing that I had ever seen. That's cool. One forty seven two three. Bet you didn't expect that answer. <laughs> no, 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 I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't but I remember I remember that name and we all have those uh those influences of somebody. Wait till sees me swim. No bad. <laughs> yeah, ask me again and you know, after I see Luke drop a forty six in the two free. <laughs> that's just 50, 50 free time now come on now <laughs> yeah really let's let's be real uh, what, chan- what, ch- what chance um do you give the u.s to win this uh, million dollar bonus on the relays cool uh very low it's, it's really competitive and there's some teams out there that are gonna put up some really good relays Really good. And a lot of them, a lot of teams are going to put up a lot of good relays. The Italian men in the four by one medley, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. any Australian women's relay that involves only freestyle. Good luck. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, the teams, the teams this year are, I think the relay dynamic at world championships is going to be one of the most interesting storylines to follow because the U S doesn't necessarily on the men's side, I would say have a, force of relays you know normally it's like a catch us if you can um Mm -hmm. and i do want to bring up one more thing in the men's four by 100 freestyle relay before we end this little segment i think it's just like the competition in those relays is going to be more extensive than it has been in the past um Mm -hmm. gb and the men's four by 200 look incredible i think the u.s looks pretty good in that four by two as well um Mm -hmm. but underrated and kind of slept on an overshadowed world record that will eventually get broken because I think Jason Lezak's 46-0 and the story and the video of the finish overshadows the fact that that 4 by 100 freestyle relay is still around with how mm-hmm. fast the men's 100 freestyle has gotten and how deep it's gotten. Mm-hmm. Still haven't had anyone break that. I think I think more people should be talking about how crazy... I, I would put that up there with the men's 400 IM in terms of how exciting that world record is going to be when it goes down or how exciting it's going to be when that world record goes down. 46 it's a big split to fill. 46 is a big split to fill, but you don't have to fill it the whole way, right? I mean, like, it's like we know it. it yeah, it kind of even them out some. But yeah. um, all right, uh, we'll end it here. How often do you and Perno uh, do social kick in your daily swim outings there? Um, I'd say more often than not. More often than not, we do a social kick. Um, I kind of have to program it in because he's just better at the sport. So he gets less tired than me. So I'll kind of program it in and be like, yeah, I got a 50 kick programmed in right here while I catch my breath so that I don't pass out in the pool. And so we'll, we'll rip a 50 social kick kind of in between sets. It's a great reset. I think, I think it's an underrated performance asset, especially mentally. Give your swimmers a break. Let them talk. I don't think breaks are a bad thing. It'll help them perform better in the next set. 
That's so wise of you as a 29 year old entering your 30th year. See, this is this is the way that you program the rest of your life, Kyle. Oh, yeah. Social kick is going to propel me to making Olympic trials in some kind of event. All right, man. The likelihood that our listeners don't know where to find you is unlikely. But where can people find you? Twitter and YouTube. It's just my name. Um, I think that's really it. Instagram. I don't really do too much there. I kind of keep that a little bit personal, but. Yeah, maybe I'll maybe I'll dabble in that soon. All right, man. Well, we're off to go watch this video that dropped during our recording. Let's go yeah, see that. And, uh, I'm, that's my biggest fear is that like I'll schedule a video and a tweet, and then a, a day later I accidentally schedule it for like 2026, and I'm like, <laughs> especially when you promise that videos are going to be coming out at a specific time, and then you've got a bunch of kids that are not going to forgive you sitting there like. <laughs> Where is my video about insert race? <laughs> then you got a bunch of parents that are going to be pissed at you. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, hopefully we can do this again. This was a lot of fun. Thanks. Uh, thanks for hanging out. Good to chat with you. And uh, we'll see you again soon. Anytime. All right, gang. That's it for this episode of Social Kick. We'll see you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. If you're enjoying Social Kick, tell your friends about it. And be sure to tell us what you liked by leaving a comment and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Instagram. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Social Kick. And you can find all of our content on our website,